In 2018, the Wealth Standard Podcast broke down the year into three seasons, each focusing on a principle from the inspired works of philosopher John Locke, specifically his philosophy on life, liberty, and property. In 2019, we progressed from principle to the ideal environment for building wealth and achieving prosperity. The theme was laissez-faire capitalism. For season two, it continues. The theme is entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship and how you apply the principles and environment to the individual. The guests ranging from economists to entrepreneurs to political influencers, authors, and more will teach you how to take your life to the next level. Now, on to the next episode. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Patrick. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Uh, I'm on video, too, so if you guys want to head over to the YouTube channel, uh, it's youtube.com forward slash paradigm life. And there's a whole section for the podcast, it's a whole playlist. And uh, this is going to be a recap of our theme this season, kind of a mid-season recap. We still have a few more interviews to do uh, regarding our theme of entrepreneurship. And so let's uh, let's get going. All right. So this year has been crazy for me. You know, I, I usually have to travel maybe, you know, once a month or so for, for different conferences and speaking engagements. And at the end of last year, I had just an incredible experience that I've talked about in the pod, previous episodes of the podcast with one of Tony Robbins' events, the uh, Date with Destiny event, and was really compelled to immerse myself in that culture this year. And it's been a wild, wild ride. I've been to just a handful of events so far, but right now I'm recording this in in July, and I essentially have one event uh, every month until the end of the year. So it's going to be an even more crazy, busy travel schedule. But you know, I am I'm learning so much, and I felt really compelled to you know review a lot of the main core principles that we've been learning this season from the guests on entrepreneurship and really weave them into our previous themes on capitalism and, of course, in 2018, life, liberty, and the pursuit of property. If you think about it, they all kind of weave into one another. And in the end, they provide something that I would like to focus a lot of my thoughts on today. But, you know, I, let me let me first maybe step back and just talk about some of my main takeaways from all of the events that I've gone to, the coaching that I've had. I have like two business coaches right now. I think I mentioned before, there's two female business coaches, which is a much different dynamic than uh, the coaches I've had in the past. You know, plus the guests that I've been so fortunate to interview uh, this year, I've kind of broken down and summarized my takeaways into into three things. First is define and discover what you want. The second is the power of relationships, and the third is the power of your state. So I'm going to get into the details of all three of those. And these came to me almost immediately. It was, inc- it was incredible. I mean, I've, I've learned things about business finance, the mechanics of the different focus points and impact points of your business and how to have maximum growth with the least amount of improvement. And I've learned things about tax strategy, other aspects of wealth strategy, all of these different things. However, I look at the, and it's not just me observing myself in my business, 
It's also observing others' businesses. And I think that's one of the main benefits I've gotten from this platinum partnership group with Tony Robbins is I've been exposed to you know, literally thousands of other business owners, successful business owners, and I've experienced what they're going through, their struggles, their chokeholds. And it, it really has allowed me to summarize. You know, I, I thought of these three things like almost instantly. And I believe that if you don't understand these three things, it's going to, you're going to discover them eventually. I'll just put it that way. And again, this is not just based on my, you know, 13 years of experience, 14 years of experience as an entrepreneur, but it's now my experience with literally thousands of, of people, both with the clients that I get to work with and my team gets to work with, as well as, you know, just going to different conferences and, and hearing stories hearing hot seats and you know what much more successful than I am business owners and what they struggle with. So let me let me start with the first one. So I'll start with the story. So one of the one of the conferences that I went to uh which is a, an advanced business uh, mastery course and there were this is one of Tony's smaller events it was in Amsterdam and it was uh, about 5 days and there was an extra day just exclusively for the the platinum partnership. And there were you know, people, most of the crowd was from outside the United States. And it was amazing to see all the different translators in the back and the languages that the, that the event was being translated into. But this was a, you know, a smaller amount of people. There were uh, probably 3,000 or so people there. So it's a, still a big number, but relative to some of his other conferences, it was, it was much smaller. But the last day is really where this story comes from. And this was a, this was a business owner who was in South America and he owned a big piece of real estate and a business that had to do with the shipping port of, of Uruguay. And he was part of a hot seat. So one of the things that Tony and Jay Abraham did on the last day of this platinum day was known as a hot seat. So it essentially gave the opportunity for anyone to go to the mic and talk about some of their struggles in, in business. Now, granted, you know we've already done you know, several days with, you know, 12 to 14 hours of all business that basically spoke to every single thing that everyone that got to the mic and did a hot seat, you know, talked about or had a struggle with. So despite being able to have the education in the previous sessions, you still had these same struggles. It was, it was really interesting, but this guy in particular, he, had to build, had had to raise some money. I think it was like 7 million bucks. Had to raise money to finish a building that had to do with his contract renewal for his, you know, this shipping uh, company that he had. And he was not able to answer some of the basic questions. And what came out of his mouth was all why he couldn't do something, not how could he do something? So it's a very simple shift in language. And the thing that really hit me is that when Tony, it was either Tony or Jay Abraham, asked him the question of what do you want out of your business? He, he couldn't answer that. And it hit me really, really hard. And then I'll get into the details of that in just a second. But to kind of conclude the, this example, this story, is you know he got to the mic and wasn't able to you know articulate what he wanted and also he was making excuses of why he couldn't raise this amount of money which wasn't and 
you know, when you're raising money based on the revenues of his company and the success of his company and the money he was trying to raise, seven million bucks, it was like a, a drop in the bucket. So Tony said something really interesting to him. He he basically went kind of toe to toe with this guy face to face and said, I will write you a check right now. Pitch me on your business. And the guy couldn't do it. And so clearly, you know, as as he's talking through his issues, another thing occurred to me, which is oftentimes it's easy for us to look at somebody else's business and make recommendations, be a consultant, uh, know what they could do to improve this, that, or the other. But when it comes to your own business, because you're in it, and that's where I think the whole working in your business versus working on your business is used so often because of how challenging that is. And so I'm not placing any type of judgment on this guy. I just found it fascinating where to me, there are so many blind spots that I have with my business that I have been discovering. Uh, and I'm going to talk about some of those in, in just a moment. But with this individual, you know, he couldn't, he had a guy that would give him money right there, but he couldn't, he did not have the wherewithal, the state, the understand, the knowledge, uh, really the basics of any business to be able to tell Tony this is why he should put his uh, his money there. And I'm sure this, I mean, this guy, the, the conversation went on and, and he, I believe, got the nuggets he needed to to go back. And I think that, you know, they even made him make a commitment regarding it that they were going to follow up with him on. Uh, but anyway, this is, you know, th- th- there are chokeholds in a business. And what I discovered about myself, what I discovered about most businesses is the chokehold of any business is the psychology of the leader. It's the psychology of, of leadership. And I found that interesting where sometimes in the past, I've, I've had thoughts, especially a few years ago when I was having some cultural issues with my business, we had to let a bunch of people go, other people quit. We had kind of a, all this happened within a few months. It was kind of crazy. And it made me doubt myself. It made me doubt, you know, my abilities. Uh, I had those feelings of, you know, insecurity and didn't step up as a leader. And I looked at the psychology of my culture and it wasn't really until recently where I connected the dots to the growth of my culture, the growth of my business, the growth of what I wanna do in life first has to start with my, with my psychology. It has to be there and my influence has to be there. My leadership abilities have to be there before I expect my team or any, anyone within my stewardship to actually step up and represent that psychology or that culture. So, you know, I, I realize and recognize a lot of limitations in, in myself and now am focused really on my personal growth, my growth as a leader. That's why these business coaches have been extraordinary in helping point out my weaknesses, my blind spots to help me up my game as a leader. And subsequently, as I do that, the game and psychology of my team will subsequently rise. So at least that's the theory. I'll keep you posted on how that all how that all goes. Sounds awesome in theory. I do believe in that principle though. And that's why I put so much emphasis and resources behind that, especially for myself. So this is what I would say when it comes to you. When you're, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial and working for a company, it doesn't matter. Sit down and define what you want write it out. And I would do it in not just like, let's say you're in your car right now and you're going to you know, just start thinking about what you want. I'm not saying that at all. What I would do, this is a, maybe a good tactic. So Tony Robbins has this, this exercise. And I believe if you go to his website, it's tonyrobbins.com and it's like forward slash priming. Uh, maybe we'll put it in the show notes. 
will actually, we will put in the show notes. So tonyrobbins.com forward slash priming. And he takes you through this exercise. It's a breathing exercise. It takes about 10 minutes, a breathing exercise, a visualization exercise. And this really puts you into this state of mind where you are thinking clearly. There's nothing going on around you. Maybe put some noise canceling headphones on while you're doing this. And then in that state, ask yourself some questions. What do I want professionally? What do I really want? Not what you don't want. Okay, I don't want to go that, I don't want to stay at this company. I don't want to be in this position. I don't, no, it's what do you want? Okay, I, I want this position. I want this type of company. I want this type of lifestyle. And once you kind of connect with that, then think through why. And there's this exercise known as the seven levels of why. I don't know if you always have to use seven levels, but ask yourself, you know, based on the answer you give, let's say, I want to make a half a million dollars a year. Why? Well, half a million dollars a year will allow me to provide this type of lifestyle for my family. Well, why do you want that? Well, I want it because I care about my family and I want to provide them good experiences and I don't want to have financial anxieties. Well, why don't you want that? Or why don't you want financial anxieties? Or why do you want to provide this type of lifestyle for them? So keep going and write all that stuff down. And you're going to get to this core why of what you want. And typically, it's going to be, I want to be happy. I want to have adventure. It's going to narrow down into something very simple. I'll end with with that, but uh, that first uh, takeaway, which is discover what you really want. Now, it doesn't have to be you know, you, you say, I want to make this amount of money or I want to have this type of position or this type of lifestyle. You're going to achieve that, okay, number one, because you have to believe it and want it and write it down first, but you're going to want stuff beyond that. So this is like one of those infinite game type of principles where just because you come up with it and achieve it, okay, doesn't mean that that's it. It's going to be this never-ending pursuit, but start with something. And then once you connect to that, make a decision that, that's what you want. And I'm going to talk about focus in just a second, which I think will apply to that. All right. The second, you know, the second thing I wanted to talk about is something that I have experienced for quite a long time with business, with, you know, just with my family, with my extended family friendships, which is the idea of proximity. And what that means, there's a, a saying, which is proximity is power. And that is the nature of relationships. And if you think about it, you know, relationships are are hardwired into who we are. You know, if you really think about it, you go back to a part of our uh, heritage, our ancestry, which is like in our DNA, people weren't alone. They were always together. They ate together around the campfire. You go back thousands of years and archaeologists will always go to where people ate and that's where they found all the stuff because people gathered and how that happened over and over and over and over and over again built itself into what we desire. Now, I believe that, you know, if you work hard enough and you repeat and you just have these behaviors, eventually people can be, you know, happy by themselves. But do you want to go against thousands of years, right, of our ancestry? I would say people want to be with people. And I look at all the opportunities that I've had and it's come as the result of relationships. However, I think relationships also have some characteristics, healthy relationships. But think about that. It's not about how to do something, 
how to, uh, to invest here, how to set up your tax strategy this way, how to, you know, become this or how it's who. And this whole idea of proximity, I really believe that, you know, the six degrees of separation these days is probably like two or three. It's probably been cut in half. But looking at how important reputation is, how important it is to, you know, have integrity, do the right thing, put other people first, which is not, I would say, a natural principle. Just as much as we're meant to be around other people, be in groups, want relationships, okay, we also have these fears and anxieties of being taken advantage of. We've had these fear anxieties of what people will think about us, what they'll say about us. And that means a lot. I mean, social media is a perfect example, right, of we're all connected, I guess, in theory, but yet people lack connection more these days than any time in history, I think. So anyway, it's this, you know, idea about understand the value of relationships and putting yourself around good people. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to immerse myself this year in this group because, you know, I would say, and this is with anything, probably 80% of the stuff that Tony Robbins talks about, does, believes, like I'm all in. There's 20% where it's just like, you know, but the 80%, right, is what I focus on. I don't care about the other stuff. And the other stuff may be because I don't understand. But looking at the group of people that are all there paying a really large amount of money, spending a lot of time away from their families, away from their businesses, to commit themselves to growing personally, I wanted to be a part of that group. And I realized that that immersion would help me become a better husband, a better father, a better leader. And it allowed me to focus on my psychology, my state of being, my happiness, my physical well-being. Because I realized that if that wasn't taken care of first, then number one, the experience I have with showing up for my family, for my business, and with my friends or any other role that I play in life will be less than what my potential and what I could do. So that's where I you know, connected the dots where, wow, this is a time where I am able to immerse myself in new relationships. I'm able to be around people that are driven like me. I'm able to learn certain things. I'm able to make connections and contribute in a way that I may not be able to contribute to others. It made so much sense to me. And now I'm paying you know, a huge amount of money to do it and taking up pretty much my entire year with the goal of achieving this state of personal development, as well as uh, an improvement or enhancement of my leadership abilities. And it's been incredible. I've had so many breakthroughs. I wish I can you know, go on for a few more hours regarding it. But listen, it's, it's one of those things where I'll actually use an example. So I was talking to someone recently about uh, Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell is a basketball player for the Utah Jazz, professional basketball player. And this guy, I, I've talked about him before on the, on the podcast, I, I think. And he, I believe he was like either runner up or the rookie of the year, won some award his rookie year. Last year, he had an incredible uh, season. He had a shoe named after him now and just had a, uh, his, his uh, nickname is like the Spider, right? So he did this commercial with, um, what's this guy that plays Spider-Man? Tom, Tom something, you know, the guy that plays Spider-Man, you know, the newest like version of Spider-Man and did a, you know, commercial with him about his shoes because, you know, Donald Mitchell has his own shoes with Adidas now. Uh, anyway, he is, he's not just an amazing player. He's an amazing person. Now, how do you know that? I don't know him personally. I've actually met him a couple of times, but how do you know he's a good person? 
Well, he does a lot on social media. If you guys are on social media, follow this guy. It's amazing. He goes to, you know, he, he's gone to some of the Utah football games, like the Utah Univers- University of Utah. He's gone to like Utah State games. He's gone to local basketball games. He walks around town. He never denies a signature or a, a photograph and he makes it fun and he's so, so approachable. And funny enough, when they lost to the Rockets in the last game, it was one, you know, one evening and we were totally bummed uh, the last game that they lost. And, but the next morning, my wife was at Target, uh, which is just down the road from us. And it's kind of like halfway between where I live and where downtown is, where Donovan Mitchell lives and a lot of the Utah Jazz. And Cynthia saw him in Target, her and her friend. They got a picture with him and we're talking with him. So Donovan Mitchell is this, you know, has this personality that, you know, I don't know if he designed it or he was raised that way, but I had a conversation with somebody that contrasted that with John Stockton. And John Stockton was probably one of the more famous Utah Jazz in the past, but John Stockton was kind of an ass. Sorry for my language, but he did not talk to people. He didn't give autographs. Uh, This person was telling me that he used to go to this like, Uh, like bread store, and he would wait in his car for everybody to leave. And then he would get out and buy, you know, buy bread. So you have, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who's been incredible. And, you know, the culture of the Utah Jazz, I mean, they're the season tickets are almost sold out. So my point here, right, is the person you show up as is what makes a massive difference to others. Now, in my book, you know, I wrote, you know, heads, I win, tails, you lose. One of the stories uh, I put in here was about uh, LeBron James and how he treats his treats his status, his brand as a brand, as a business. Now, is that the angle that Donovan Mitchell has taken? Maybe, maybe not. The idea is if you can connect with people, people are really what provide, in my opinion, the highest degree of happiness, fulfillment, and ultimately achievement. Without people, it'd be a, a pretty miserable world. And so I look at you know what we can do as human beings, as individuals, we've all had crap happen to us. We've all had these reasons to not play full out. We've had failures. We have our insecurities, our inadequacies, our our weaknesses. But this is where, you know, I come to the last uh, point that I'm going to make, which is controlling your state. And I think this has to do with how you show up in those relationships and what really has those relationships thrive. And I'll give you a couple of examples of some relationships that I can talk about this principle with some stories. I'll bring that up in just a second. But the idea of state is a big thing that I learned, you know, this past week uh, at one of other, one of these other conferences that Tony Robbins puts on, which is uh, called Unleash the Power. And this is something that really, that really hit me. You know, I, I grew up and I, I say, I grew up as an introvert. I was really shy. You know, i I never had a serious relationship with a woman until my wife. And, you know, and I've been married for 16 years now. So it's, you know, I grew up where there are some events of my life that made me, you know, I would say more shy and introverted. And I wasn't expressive. I was, you know, afraid of what people thought or afraid of what people would say or afraid of, there was, there was some fear built up uh, just based on experiences. And I had just kind of repeated those stories over and over and over. And it affected me. And, you know, there are some events that caused me to break out of my, my shell. And I won't go into any of those stories. Uh, you know, I talk about some of it in the, in the book, if you guys have, have read that. You know, but it's, it's one of those things where I, I've connected recently to, 
the control that I have over how I show up, my state right now. And also, if you really think about everything that you will ever want, and I'm talking more like materially, whether it's your salary, the salary amount that you want, a job that you want, a lifestyle that you want, the only reason why you want those things is because you think it's going to produce a certain state. But I look at the control that we have over defining a beautiful state that we can live in without those things. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't want those things. I believe that having adventure and experiencing life, you know, there's being able to travel and being able to, you know, go to events like the ones I've been talking about, being able to take vacations, even just something simple as that requires financial resources. I get that. At the same time, I believe that what makes everything, what makes that how so much easier is understanding what your state, your state of mind, your state of being consists of and figuring out a way to put yourself in that state as often as humanly possible. So let me talk just briefly about that. So the first is there's kind of a a triad. And the first principle of that triad is your focus. So focus is you can always look at the glass as half full or, or half empty. Everything can be construed. Every experience that happens in life can be construed as a good or a bad. I would say that the life that we live right now, people you know, would kill. They would die. They would walk across the desert. They, they you know, literally do to be in the United States. Okay, As simple as that. That is something that we could wake up and be way more grateful for than we usually are. Being grateful for the time in which we live. We don't have to worry about the things that people had to worry about 100 years ago. You know, 100 years ago, people were working their ass off, right, during this time of year so that four months from now, they wouldn't be freezing and on the brink of dying. We don't have to worry about that these days. We have so many things that are, are part of life that, you know, we take for granted. And I know that that sounds super cliche, but if you really if you really think about it, we could focus on something as simple as that and the feeling of gratitude, being able to understand that and acknowledge that helps us to see our experiences, whether it's today or tomorrow, helps us see our experiences from a different perspective. And that allows us to experience a different state, a different degree of happiness, fulfillment, and so forth. So that's the first is focus. The second, which is really, really fascinating to me, is, is physiology. And physiology is your physical well-being. And I look at physiology and something's kind of connected with me. And I'm, I, don't, I don't want to do more research here, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. You know, I, I look at all the different experiences that we've had in our life. Uh, they're all in us somewhere. We can't remember them all, but part of our unconscious mind, right, is that most of that stuff is there. And most of our our life is on autopilot, our heart beating, our reactions to things, okay, our our language, we use the same words, we say the same phrases, we have this very similar thoughts over and over and over. A A lot of our life is on autopilot, and much of that is with our physical body, right? Our body is taking care of itself without us really, you know, giving direction to it. And I look at, you know, how repeated behaviors are, whether it's the language we use, the things we say, the things we tell ourselves, how we show up has been programmed into our habits. 
And those habits, you know, continue to be reinforced over and over and over again. And so looking at focus, that's one of the first ways in which you can start to reprogram your habits. But the second thing is I look at your physical well-being. A lot of those things are built into our nervous system. We react to things that way. When somebody says this or does this, we react this way. It's kind of like it's, 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 it's there. And, you know, as far as controlling our state, as we start to focus on different things, I think paying attention to our body, especially our, our stature and our smiling and our chest up or shoulders back. I mean, there's several things that, you know, if you understand body language, tell a person what you're feeling without you saying anything. That's why it's this, you know, nonverbal communication is, is 93%, right? It's your feet position. It's your shoulders, it's your eyes, it's your chest, it's a smile, it's a frown, it's where you look, if you're looking over there. There's all these tells that, you know, FBI agents and, you know, interviewers like know to a T, but we don't know those, but they're built into us. So I think paying attention to our physicality, our physiology is huge when we want to live a beautiful life, live in a beautiful state. Uh, And the final thing is language, which is the words that we use. And we've been using it, usually people, I can't remember what the statistic is, but we all, we have like a set of vocabulary that we consistently use. And we all know what the positive words are. We also know what the positive tonality is. And we know what the negative words are and the negative tonality. And just as much as we control our focus, we control how we define that focus, which is typically in words and with language. And and this is where meaning on something, when you define an experience or define your you know, physical state, okay, or define anything, I mean, when you put an adjective on something, when you start to describe something, you can just as easily say that it's negative as you can positive, but yet most people, because of these survival instincts that are within us, our fear of being hurt, fear of what people will say, protection to our self-esteem, we typically will use negative patterns. And those, again, affect our positive state. So in the end, this kind of sounds maybe woo-woo to you, and it probably is. I mean, obviously, you don't have to continue to listen to me. But this is, this is what I've been going through, is I've, I've taken all these experiences that I've had, thousands of conversations over the last six months, and I've boiled them into these, these three things which I have connected as the most important to me. And I look at the pursuit of an entrepreneur, all the different people that I've interviewed, both in the season on capitalism and this season on entrepreneurship, you're going to see the same theme throughout, which is, you know, people essentially overcoming certain things, digging down deep. Now, they may have not articulated what I have here, but I look at the power of relationships, the power of controlling your state making certain decisions in difficult moments, and also, in the end, really understanding what you want. Now, I'll go back to a whole, that relationship story that I, was going to, that I was going to tell you. So, and this was actually just recently, but I was in uh, Dallas for UPW, the Unleash the Power Within, which is the Tony Robbins event. And instead of coming home, the last day, I actually drove down to Austin and did, uh, did a kind of a video interview with, with someone that I'm kind of doing some joint uh, venture type of marketing with. And I've, you know, I've known this individual for several years now, and I met him because another kind of business associate friend of mine, uh, we were having dinner with a very famous entrepreneur author in Austin several years ago. 
and we decided to invite this individual. And that's how I met him. And he, he's he expressed a lot of gratitude since then for us uh, inviting him because it was an amazing dinner. It was a lot of cool conversation, amazing conversation. And so over the course of time, we've gone, you know, talked back and forth. We have some mutual contacts and connections. And I decided to uh, just maintain that. And it led to a business opportunity. That's what we're pursuing now. But this time when I was in Austin, after we were done with the video shoot, I, you know, we were going to go to dinner because I was leaving the next day. And we ate at this uh, really amazing restaurant. The food was incredible. But this individual asked if I wanted to invite anyone that I knew in Austin. And almost immediately, a person came to mind. And this individual I've known for several years as well. I had immediate kind of bond and connection with him when I first met him. And he happened to be the guy who bought the very first copy ever of uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And right now, he's currently writing a book with uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And uh, I'm going to probably interview him over the coming months. But he, I knew he was in Austin. I didn't know where. So I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, uh, we're, I'm doing this dinner. I'm, I'm here just for the night and uh, we're doing it you know, at this place. And the place happened to be literally within the same complex as his office and about five minutes from where he lived. And he had barely within like the hour just got home from uh, kind of a writing retreat that he did at, at his place in uh, Colorado in the, in the mountains. So, and we had you know about an hour conversation and I was able to bring these two people together. And even though they didn't know each other, now you've, I've just created two additional networks. And it was such a powerful conversation because the nature of the conversation had to do with how can I help you out or how can I help you out or if I, I can do this for you. It was, it was incredible. It was an incredible uh, experience. But the power of relationships, never underestimate that. The power that exists there, you don't know who people know. You don't know who people will become. And I would say that the gravest uh, mistake I've made as a business owner and as an individual over the past is failing to recognize the importance of relationships. But over the last, I would say, seven, eight years, this has been something that I've been so driven by, which is how can I create value for more people? Uh, How can I help here? How can I connect this? How can I, you know, uh, influence this? Not what do I get out of it? But it's how do I, you know, essentially find people, help people provide value? Because I've, you know, I never called it proximity is power or the power of relationships, but I've always believed that people are assets. And there's always something to gain by having healthy relationships. And a lot of the business failure that I've seen over the course of time is those that don't give a shit, sorry for my language, don't give a shit about their reputation. And they don't, you know, care about others. It's all about me. And that is, I mean, I get it. I I think we all have this need to be significant and see ourselves as important in the world. But if you look at, you know, the John Stockton principle that I just talked about, when you express that, right, whether it's, you know, overtly or covertly, covertly in his case, it never ends well. It builds a reputation where people don't want to have relationships. All right, so those are the, those are the three things. Sorry, you know, I, I look at you know the podcast and you know the wealth standard and entrepreneurship, and I know it, it revolves around business and uh, revolves around you know ideas and taking those ideas and, and bringing it to fruition. But I thought that it'd be good for me to just you know say what's up and tell you about what I've been doing over the last uh, six months. 
and then weave in some of the things I've been learning and what they have to do with entrepreneurship because I have been happier over the last couple of months than I have in a really long time. And I associate that with what I've discovered about myself, what I've discovered about these three principles, defining what you want, understanding and believing in the power of relationship and wanting to be around the who, not how. It's who can help you do this, not how do I do this. It's who's already done it and building relationships where you may not have a a value from that individual for years. You never, you just, you never know. And then also state, which is, you know, I have 60 plus employees. Um, I have a lot going on. We have thousands of, of clients. There's always something. I mean, I was gone and I come back and, you know, there was a toilet that leaked on the fourth floor and, you know, just trashed, you know, all of my like marketing books. So I have like probably a hundred books that are now like toast. And, you know, what I'm saying is like, this stuff is going to happen, but I choose how I react to that. Right. And it didn't affect me in the, in the slightest. And I look at sometimes what impacts us and how we can control it and control and understand our state of being and really put ourselves in the most beautiful state possible as often as possible. And you're going to see that, number one, that's going to impact the relationships you have with people. It's going to impact the goals that you set. And it's going to impact success and your success. So I hope you guys got something uh, out of this podcast. I've made some offers with the book in the previous episodes. And so if you guys want to go pick up the book, it's uh, freebook.headsortailsiwin.com. And I think we're, we're giving the audio book uh, for free if you, buy, uh, if you buy the physical copy. But, uh, but anyway, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the support. I've been getting tons of good feedback lately, uh, just about some of the episodes, some of the videos, or some of the interviews. And, uh, and keep them coming. Keep them coming. So podcast at paradigmlife.net. You guys are amazing. I hope you are enjoying your summer. And I hope you're enjoying uh, this season on entrepreneurship. And we got some cool interviews coming up. So make sure you stay tuned to future episodes. If you guys are new, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, you know, we did uh, all last year, we did three seasons. We did a season, well, we did the all of 2018 based around uh, John Locke, who was one of the original kind of, uh, well, he was an influential philosopher, you know, back several hundred years ago and coined the term life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, which ultimately became the pursuit of happiness in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, But we did a season on life, we did a season on liberty, and we did a season on uh, the pursuit of property. So you guys can go check those interviews out. That was such a fun year. And then uh, the first season of this year, first four months of this year, we did our theme on capitalism. And now we're doing it on entrepreneurship. And I'm not sure what we're going to do for the third season of the year, but um, it's kind of going around there. I have some ideas. But you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the support. Make sure you go and check out the show notes, which is on thewealthstandard.com. All right, that's it. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher 
to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,